What's going on, FCS football fans? Welcome to the FCS Opening Drive Podcast, presented by the Connecticut School of Broadcasting and Football Game Plan. I am David Hassagan. With me, as always, the czar of the playbook, Emery Hunt. Emery, how are you? I'm doing fine, man. As always, great to talk college football. And we're finally there to the season. We also have a special guest here to open the podcast with us. From FCS Stats, the man who's been uh, drawing our ire for months, Craig Haley. Craig, how, happy to have you on. I think I draw the ire from the entire FCS community. <laughs> <laughs> we certainly see that in your in your Twitter replies there, Craig, but uh, we'll, we'll but leave that off for now. Show. <laughs> Uh, again, folks, you can listen to this. If you're listening to this right now, you obviously know where to find us. But if you're sharing this with someone, you can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. We've brought we've broken down every FCS conference from the Big Sky to the SWAC. Uh, you can find out if you search football game plan. Don't forget, you can go to footballgameplan.com and search youtube.com slash football game plan as well for all of your football content from the pros all the way through to college and beyond. Uh, and Emery will have all that stuff up for you. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at David underscore Hassagan. You can follow Emery at FBall Game Plan, and you can follow Craig at Craig Haley on Twitter. Um, let's get into it, guys, and let's talk about a quick recap of what happened in 2018. And we saw, obviously, continued dominance by North Dakota State, as, long as, as well as the couple other programs that we're used to seeing it from. But we saw a lot of power shifts in 2018. Craig, I'll start with you. What do you think was the biggest power shift that you saw and what was the biggest surprise that from last year i think you know what stands out is, is the big sky conference you know putting three teams to the to the uh quarterfinals and and you know Western washington getting to the to the to the final you know that's just a terrific year for any conference you know they had another strong team in montana state just happened to run into the eventual national champion in, in north dakota state that stands out so as a surprise you know, certainly plenty I think Maine winning the CAA in, in, a, in a very mm-hmm. deep year stands out. You know, to, they went to the semifinals for the first time. Just a terrific year overall for Black Bears. So uh, many surprises, many great storylines, but those stand out to me. And Emory, we had talked about as well the uh, the big shift in the Southland Conference. A lot of big changes there. You had Central Arkansas, McNeese, Sam Houston kind of took a step back. And programs like Lamar and Incarnate Word popped out of nowhere and made the postseason. Yeah, those were some of the surprises, in my opinion, uh, from that conference. And you also look at the Ivy League having a dominant team in, in Princeton. Uh, their offense was dominant. That was pretty surprising. And in the Patriot League, Colgate's defense was historically surprising uh, last year. So those, those were two of the bigger surprises, in my opinion, uh, from last season. Craig, let's get back to you here. Obviously, the FCS stats poll came out a couple weeks ago, and thanks to your graciousness, we were able to be included in voting for that poll after a little bit of a little bit of poking with a stick. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on the uh, FCS preseason poll when it came out, and is there anything that was surprising to you in the voting? I thought it came out the way it should, uh, North Dakota State being number one, and, and pretty convincing, too, with 142 out of the 161st place votes. They do lose a lot. They only return seven starters, but they have the blueprint for winning it all. You know, they, they just continue to reload even in a season where they lose a lot. I, I think that was definitely, you know, warranted. From there, you have a handful of teams that, that really could challenge, you know, for the national title this year. James Madison, number two in the poll, and then South Dakota State, Eastern Washington. They certainly belong right there. I think those are the big four going in. You know, you can make the case for, for the next group, like a UC Davis, 
you know, Jacksonville State, Maine, Weber. Certainly, you, you see a lot of the same teams from, from the year before. And, and it seems like a lot of times the, the power programs just remain the elite with somebody always surprising and joining in. So I think the poll went the way it should. And, you know, it's all going to be determined on the field. But, you know, the, these teams that, that are up there certainly are, are the favorites going in. You know what was surprising to me, Craig, about the top 25 and looking at – I was thinking this team is a sleeper team, but I, I see a lot of the voters also, also felt the felt same, same way. Indiana, Indiana State, State at 16 wasn't was ranked it? in the final poll, but they kick off the preseason ranked 16th. This was a very good football team, I thought, last year. They did a lot of great things. I agree. I mean, Kurt Mallory's done a tremendous job, you know, stepping in the first year and and – they're, you know, winless in, in 2017 and suddenly turn it around and go seven and four next year. I, I think what helps them in, in the Missouri Valley Conference is there's not a lot of top level quarterbacks returning from the power programs. And, you know, that really makes a, a Ryan Boyle last year's, you know, newcomer in the league stand out. And I, I think they're going to have a terrific year. You know, their defense returns a lot. Jonas Griffiths, an All-American. Uh, I, you know, they ended strong five straight wins. You know, now they have to go out and prove it. And I think the great storyline with them is now there are expectations, you know, as opposed to a year ago. So they have to go out and meet them seven home games as well. So they really should have a big year. And I agree. They're, they're certainly going to be right there, Emery. Certainly, certainly going to be interesting to watch the Sycamores this year after, again, what an incredible turnaround. Craig, I want to get your opinion, though, on... Obviously, the watch lists are out. Who do you think is the favorite for the Walter Payton? Because obviously, Devlin Hodges, with his incredible career, took it home last year and deservedly so. It seems like it's a pretty wide open race this year for the MVP. Who do you have as pegged as like three or four favorites in your book? You, you've nailed it, Dave. I mean, it is it's it's wide open. My favorite is is Eric Berrier, the the uh, you know the mm. junior quarterback at Eastern Washington. I think they're going to have a tremendous regular season. You know, they don't play Weber, UC Davis, or Montana State on their big sky schedule. So I think they're really going to, you know, win that conference. They have a tremendous offensive line back. So his numbers are going to be ridiculous. He put up the seven touchdown passes of a playoff record against Maine. I think it's just going to carry into this year, you know, more seasoned, more confident. He should have a big year. But it is wide open because – you know, there are so many great players out there. You know, a, a Tom Flacco at Towson, you know, Jake Mayer at UC Davis. Quarterbacks have come to dominate in, in you know, the last decade or so. You know, it used to be running backs. I, I, there's some good ones in A.A. Hines, a Duquesne. You know, James Robinson's a pro prospect right there at Illinois State. I think those are your favorites. You know, I, I think Tyree Adams is, is fun to watch at, at Western Carolina. Just a mm. question of whether that team is a strong enough year. I, there are many candidates. That's what makes the season fun. And there'll be some that'll surprise us. Speaking, Speaking of, surprises, of surprises, we talked earlier about Incarnate Word, Lamar, Abilene Christian had some success last year. Um, these are all new programs to the FCS, two of which were just new in football recently in Lamar Incarnate Word. Uh, so I want to ask, Craig, based off what you're hearing, is there any – conversations going on about teams that are looking to either move up or create new programs to compete at the FCS level? Because I think the FCS brand is strong 
it's sustainable financially, and uh, it also makes sense economically, and it's a good brand of football. So, so what are you hearing on that front from current programs or programs that may be on the come up that that may start football programs? Yeah, there's a few out there that that are dabbling one, and it's it's a long process. You know, you you have to really have a feasibility study and, and make sure you can afford it, and and not just make the leap because you're, you're seduced by the idea of, of Division One football. You know, there's always a few coming in, a, a few uh, leaving. Um, it, it just, you know, it's a it just a matter of uh, when it happens. In, in your in your thoughts. Do you feel as though there needs to be more of a Western footprint in the FCS? I feel like a lot of the schools, once you get past the west of the Mississippi, it can't. It tends to dry out, especially when you get to the big sky states and uh, California in particular. Well, yes, that that there's no doubt about that. It's not an easy fix. I mean, you know, Dixie State's on the way out there. Uh, you know, for the uh, FCS football. It's it's not going to change in, in a big way. You know, the the Western teams are always going to struggle to to have uh, non-conference games. You know, within their budget constraints. That that's why like a, the NCAA allows a conference like the Big Sky to play non-conference play play a league opponents in a non-conference game just just to limit on uh, you know the, the amount of travel. It's never going to be solved. I mean, in some ways, it's 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 similar in, on the FBS level, not quite as as much, but it's a problem, and and it is a problem. It's just not going to be easily fixed. One last question, Craig. Before we let you go here, we know you're busy preparing for the season. What are you looking forward to? What's the biggest storyline that you're going to watch in 2019? And is there anything that you're really looking forward to for this season? I think it's you know what North Dakota State does. I mean, everybody follows the dynasty, whether you root for them or you want to see the dynasty get knocked off. You know, seven out of the last eight seasons, the Bison are the champions. To me, that that's the storyline here because they're vulnerable with only seven returning starters. Sure, they have talent that players who can fill in who, who've been waiting in the wings. But you know what? There are also teams out there that, that have just as strong players you know, veteran players. So I think that's the overwhelming storyline. Um, you know, you could be a JMU fan, South Dakota State fan, an Eastern Washington fan, and feel confident that your team can win the national title this year, and and, and rightfully so. I mean, North Dakota State should have a terrific season. As long as they beat South Dakota State, that they, they can probably, you know, be a one or two seed and still have that home field advantage uh, in the playoffs. But if they have to go on the road, you know, that that's when it's really going to show whether, you know, they picked off or not. Final, Final question, question from me, uh, Craig. I, I think I, I wouldn't think be doing my journalistic duty any service if I didn't ask this question for the fans. Um, why do you hate their team? <laughs> <laughs> well, they probably say that about you guys as well. <laughs> Mostly I'm about me, not so much can... about Emory. Yeah, you could be positive about a program 99 out of 100 times. And the one time you, you, you point out something, and it doesn't even have to be a criticism. It's just saying, hey, here's why a team, you know, could be picked off as vulnerable. And people, fans, just latch on to it. I don't know why. <laughs> why they can't see that, you know, the media really doesn't play favorites. <laughs> but, you well, why know, not, Greg? Why not play favorites? <laughs> I mean, I could be rooting for, 
I, I could be rooting for a crazy season where something happens and suddenly Columbia, an Ivy League team, is in the championship game. We know that won't happen, but I'm just saying I, I that would be thrilling just as much as it's thrilling to see the Boston keep winning or, or a team like Eastern Washington go to the final. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to, to most of the media. You know, we, we just want to see good storylines, good people, good games. But, hey, you're right. You know, that one time... Those fans are going to latch onto it and, and think you hate their team. We all know you do, Craig. We all know you do. <laughs> yeah. Craig, you, guys keep, you guys keep uh, fueling the fire with that. With me, so. Hey, you know, because you, okay, you, I can you laugh about the vote. it. You gave us the vote. So, you know what? We'll, 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 we'll get off your back for, uh, I don't know, two weeks. Uh, we'll, we'll see That's how that fine. goes. Uh, Craig, you got anything that uh, you want to shout out uh, to the uh, to the listeners here? Sure. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm looking forward to a, a great season. You know, every week is is incredible. What happens? There's so many upsets, so many great storylines. You know, I hope I hope that everybody follows along on FCS.football. You know, stats. We we do a really great job with, with covering the FCS. So, you know, thanks for having me on. I, I appreciate it. And I hope to be back with you guys soon. Thanks so much, Craig, and uh, thank you for coming on. Hopefully, we won't be giving you too much grief between now and then. But uh, if we, no matter what, it's always great having you on. Thanks for your insight. Thanks, Thank Craig. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Henry. Take care. Again, folks, that is Craig Haley uh, from FCS Stats. You can also follow his work on in, uh, Athlon Sports and on Twitter at Craig Haley uh, on Twitter there. So make sure you check out FCS Stats. That's where we get a lot of our knowledge as well uh, for the inside scoop. They do a great job. Um, again, folks, this is the FCS Opening Drive podcast, the big preview show for 2019. And you can listen to us on demand on iTunes and SoundCloud. Search football game plan in the podcast section. Emery, let's talk about, we talked about it briefly with Craig. Let's take a look at the FCS top 25 for 2019 because we've got some disagreements. Because I, I know that, uh, you know, you are a busy man, so you've misplaced your top 25. But it, it's still fun to break it down and see, you know, where we agree, where we disagree. So let's take a look at it. And Craig mentioned they're the uh, the top five teams. Really, the top four, no real surprises. North Dakota State knows it comes in at number one. JMU at two. South Dakota State at three. And Eastern Washington in at four. UC Davis claims the fifth spot. Do you have any problem with that five? I have a, I have a slight issue maybe with um, number five. I, I like UC Davis, but I feel as though they lost some, some firepower. I mm -hmm. don't have a problem with the first two, especially number one. In order to beat a man, you got to beat the man. And so North Dakota State, until proven otherwise, should be number one. South Dakota State at three is a little bit too high for me. I mm. would I would feel more comfortable with UC Davis more so than South Dakota State. Um, so those are my issues right now in the top five. I don't mind Eastern Washington there. I think they're going to be even stronger this year. But South Dakota State and UC Davis in the top five, slight issue. Well, see, like you have a slight issue. I have kind of a major issue because – for me, and this is where I might look completely stupid at the end of the year, I don't have UC Davis in my top 25. I think yeah, they you're lost. Gonna look, you're going to look extremely stupid. By well, the I, th I think they lost a ton of talent. I think they lost too much to the point where I, I, I think they, they, for me, I had them at 26 or 27. Um, I just think they lost so much in terms of big playability. I don't know where it's going to come from. I Maybe I'm just the bulletin board guy for Jake Mayer. I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> we'll figure that out. But. Uh, I kind of agree with your sentiments. I had North Dakota State one, Eastern Washington actually at two ahead of JMU. But those top four, you can put them in any order and defend it. Uh, let's move on to the next five. Uh, Jacksonville State, the Gamecocks come in at number six. 
the defending champions of the CAA, U Maine in at seven, Weber State at eight, Wofford at nine, and Kennesaw State at ten. Thoughts on that group of five? You know, Jacksonville State is probably a bit too high. Although I like Jacksonville State this year, I six and seven. So Jacksonville State and Maine, I, I think, are a little bit too high for me. Uh, I, I would push Weber way up, um, and Wofford is. I can understand where some people may have some questions, uh, but Wofford is a strong, solid, dependable program, and I don't have a problem with them at nine. Kennesaw State, honestly, at ten, maybe, but I, I can see them. I can even make a case for them being seven, you know. But I know people will look at the amount of players they lost, and we've had this discussion before. I don't have a problem with them at ten. Yeah, I don't have a problem with Kennesaw at all uh, at ten. I think they will receive the biggest challenge they have since joining FCS this season, uh, especially from Monmouth. Um, I was a little surprised to see Wofford where they were. I had them at 13. Um, again, I think there's a, you know, there's some replacements to be done, but it's such a, a good offense that can easily be filled in the in terms of the holes that I think Wofford will do well. I just had them at 13. I think they're a little bit too high at eight. You, you um, know, what's funny. Um, everyone in FCS world complains about preseason polls in particular to Jacksonville State, in regards to Jacksonville State. Yeah. Oh, they always overrate them. They rate them too high. And here in this poll, again, voted on by 140-plus folks, Jacksonville State, once again, is in the top six. So, obviously, a lot of people consistently see the same things in Jacksonville State, which is why they consistently put them so high in the polls. I think, I think it's funny, too, because you look at Sam Houston State from the last couple of years. They were up there as well, and we saw what happened to them last year so the preseason poll we all know folks it means nothing but it's still something to argue about so which is why we're discussing it uh, let's move on to the next five uh, 11 through 15 uh towson comes in at number 11 nichols is in there at 12 colgate and then incredible defense at 13 montana state at 14 and the redbirds of illinois state get in at 15 this is where things you can start to have some debates absolutely because i thought based off how everyone was talking all offseason about Towson, that they would have been third in in the country. Yeah. Um, but I think 11 is fair, definitely. I would have pushed Nichols and Colgate up into the top 10 um, because of the quarterback play and also their defense. I think Colgate's defense is still going to be good despite losing five starters. Offensively, they return a very solid offensive line, good running game, stable quarterback in, in Grant Brenneman. So I would put them back in the top 10. And, and um Illinois State, solid team right there at 15. I think people are kind of looking at this team to take take back what, what was rightfully theirs. They're they're placing the top 25. They missed it last season at the at the uh, ending polls. Um, they weren't ranked at all. But I think people understand how good this program is. Coach Broxback does a great job. Um, Craig spoke eloquently about their running back. That's a pro prospect in Robinson. So. I don't have a problem with 15 being Illinois State. And Montana State is another one that, you know, that's a very good football team. That is a perfect spot for them. That's that flying the ointment spot in, in the top 25. And I think Montana State fits that bill perfectly. Yeah, I, I had no problem. I, I I had Montana State a little higher. I had them at 11. Um, I didn't have Illinois State ranked at all, but just because of how big of a dogfight the Missouri Valley will be there. But again, they were just on that group that was just in or just out. For me, um, I had Colgate at number six. I think this team is that good. And I, I think, obviously, 
they kind of hit a bulldozer in terms of North Dakota State. But I think against anybody else, I think they could have gotten through into a quarterfinal or a semifinal. Uh, but honestly, I think I think Montana State, I can see why they were put at 14. Uh, Towson, I had them at 9, so I got no problem with them at 11. Uh, and Nichols, I had a little bit lower. I had them at 16, but still not bad for them at 12. Uh, let's get into the next group of five, 16 through 20. Indiana State comes in at 16. Southeast Missouri State, SEMO at 17. Northern Iowa gets in at 18. Furman at 19. And the Kings of the MEAC, North Carolina A&T, come in at number 20. I don't mind. This is one I don't have a problem with at all. Uh, maybe Northern Iowa. That will be the only question because they're replacing their quarterback. Uh, they they lose their outstanding edge rusher, Ricky Neal. Um to graduation so they have some significant losses in my opinion i would take that would be the only team i would take out this group yeah i have questions about northern iowa as well um i also have questions about Furman. Uh, i don't know how they're going to be able to compete in the uh this year in the socon i think they'll be there but i don't know if they're going to be necessarily be in the conversation um indiana state i had them at 14 in my poll so it's good to see them getting the respect that they get they deserve uh from last year's season uh, Southeast Missouri State coming in at 17, another team that came out, kind of came out of nowhere last year, had a really good year. Uh, and North Carolina A&T, again, it's one of those teams where, you know, they keep getting ranked in the top 25, even though if you look at them on the field, you look at the game film, you're like, is that really a top 25 team? And yet here they are again at number 20. I had them a, a touch higher in my poll. I had them at 17, but Pretty good for A&T to be there in the top 25 again. And let's get to the last five, and this is where this is where the fights happen. Uh, Elon comes in at 21, Delaware 22, Sam Houston State at 23, Princeton gets in at 24, and Montana takes the 25 spot. Your thoughts on the final five? Maybe Montana um, and Elon I have some questions with. I, w- I would have Elon higher, uh, honestly. Um, I think they get healthy. They're going to be good. Uh, you know, they can run the football. They play good defense. Sam Houston State, I had a little bit higher. Princeton, I can understand it. Montana is a, is a bit of a question for me, and I'm surprised that Dartmouth wasn't in the top 25. Yeah, I, I was I was very shocked by that as well. I actually had Dartmouth at 18. Uh, I think they've got one of the best defenses in college football, let alone the FCS. Um, other teams that I had in the top 25 that were not in here, I had East Tennessee State. I think that they are going to follow up on a really nice year from last season. Um, I had Monmouth in here as well. I had Monmouth at number 20. Um, got a lot of veteran leadership and what we saw at their media day as well. Uh, a lot of confidence in that group uh, from inside the locker room. I had Incarnate Word in the top 25. I don't think last year was a fluke for them either. Um, and I had a couple of other programs. Eastern Kentucky, which I know we're both high on. I had them at 25. Um, I had Idaho State. I think they're going to have a really nice year, the Bengals, and I had them at 23. And San Diego, who was a dominant powerhouse. I can see them. They've got a couple tough games against the Ivy League. So I had San Diego in there at 24. But I can understand where I had Montana at 19. I'm a little surprised they were at 25 that low. Um, I can understand where Delaware is going to be. I think they're going to have a really good year, and they'll move up into the polls as the voting goes along. But certainly a lot of debate on the 25. I had, I, just looking at the list, I look at a couple of teams that I had in the top 25 myself in that 20 to 25 range. Uh, Duquesne, San Diego, Alcorn, um, Dartmouth, I had pretty high. And um, those are the teams that I was, and Monmouth as well, I had Monmouth in my top 25. So 
I will always give credit to those teams that that did well the previous year. You know, eight plus wins to me that deserves a spot in a preseason poll, especially if you have some good talent returning. Uh, one team that I that I had, you know, was close to putting the top twenty-five was also coming out of um, the swack, and it was Prairie View. Uh, mm. because of the offensive weapons they have. But, you know, I went ahead and went with Alcorn State um, because of what they did last year, what they got returning. They have a guy that's on um, Deshaun Waller. He's on the Peyton Award watch list. Noah Johnson is an outstanding dual-threat quarterback. Defensively, they're going to be stout. Uh, so I thought they would be in the top 25 as well. Certainly a lot of debate, and obviously, as we said, folks, the preseason polls, they, they mean absolutely nothing. Uh, so we'll have to see how things go along. We saw Sam Houston last year went from top five, I believe. I think they were number five last year in the poll, and missed the playoffs entirely. So we could see a lot of shifting around here as the season goes on. But you mentioned the returning talent, Emery, and the watch lists are out. And let's talk about the two big awards, the Walter Payton and the Buck Buchanan most valuable player and best defensive player, of course, uh, for those who don't follow the FCS as closely or if you're getting introduced to it. Uh, we'll start with the defensive players. We're going to give the defense a nod this time around. Let's start with the Buck Buchanan Award. Who are three guys that you're keeping an eye on to potentially win this this year? That's a, that's a great setup question because I look at Jabril Cox from North Dakota State, the outstanding linebacker who's mm. fantastic. Cam Gill out of Wagner. A uh, pass rushing extraordinaire who should be primed for a breakout season. He actually has a great game to start off the season with against UConn. Could put himself firmly on the radar. And also, in the on the back end, getting back Mac McCain from North Carolina A&T is going to be huge. This guy has a pick six waiting to happen. And yep. he's returning back from injury. I think when you look at his statistics, eight interceptions, four pick sixes. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and they get him back healthy. He's a registered junior. I think he's primed for another outstanding season. So those will be the three guys, in my opinion, that I'll be keeping an eye on. See, for me, it, it's this is kind of cool. And again, it shows you the depth of talent, folks, that is available here in the FCS. I have three totally different guys uh, on my watch list for the Buck Buchanan. First is Zach Hall, uh, linebacker from Southeast Missouri State. Had an incredible season last year, constantly around the ball. He's going to be something to watch uh, and potentially at the next level as well. Uh, in the same vein, Dante Olson, linebacker from Montana, uh, 6'3", almost 240 pounds. This guy's almost NFL. He's got NFL size, and he's been all over the ball for the Grizz the last few seasons. He's going into his final year uh, at the University of Montana. And for me, in terms of a defensive back, I'm looking at Rashad Robinson from JMU. This is a, a James Madison team that is senior laden and they are not happy what, about what happened to them last year. And Rashad Robinson is going to be one of their leaders on the defensive side of the ball, incredible ball skills in a defense. That's very, very heavily laden. He stands out and that says something uh, on the defense side of the ball. Now let's talk about the Walter Payton. We mentioned this with Craig. We talked about how wide open it is after Devlin Hodges won it last year. Who are your three that you're watching to keep an eye on for the, for the Walter Payton? Number one, Obviously, you got to go to the running back position. You have to look at um, Deshaun Wilder. I thought his his swag title game against Southern was a thing of beauty. I mean, he has the the power, the breakaway speed. Uh, he has a, a, a chance to do really great things. Two other tailbacks, Shane Simpson out of Towson, is also is also a guy that does a great job in the return game. Um, so his all-purpose statistics should be excellent. James Robinson, another tailback. 
So I think we're getting back to what, what Craig alluded to. It used to be tailbacks and it became all quarterbacks. But I think this year is a great year for for guys in the backfield. And if I want to throw one quarterback in there, you know, I'm still holding out hope for the the uh, the position as far as, you know, recognizing guys that are not playing at the, the bigger name programs within the FCS and getting that opportunity. And that's Kenji Bahar out of Monmouth. Love his game. Um, has a chance to be the all-time leading passer in program history this year, 27-year history of, of Monmouth football. I think he's also in position to do great things, not only uh, here at Monmouth, but also at the next level. So three backs and one quarterback. Not that you're doing any favoritism at all as part of the running backs union. Yeah, you know, yeah, I know you wouldn't do exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> no, you wouldn't do that. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Bahar. We certainly saw him and uh, at Mama's Media Day. A lot of snap on the throws. Very impressive when you get to watch him live. Uh, but I've got three names, and I, I'm I'm going to go with the the percentages here, which means it's going to be a quarterback this season, unfortunately again. Um, but I've got I got to stop with start with Tom Flacco. I mean, what he has done at Towson, turning a program that a couple years ago was you know good kind of you know maybe a little mediocre he changed this program last season he just took them to a totally new height a totally new trajectory um incredible arm strength a lot like his brother and i think tom flacco will be a guy to watch uh at towson um craig mentioned him eric berrier as well at eastern washington blew up on the scene uh last year to take over that eagles offense dual threat can easily run with the ball for big yards as well as pass for it and in a in a offensive heavy league, he's going to put up some crazy numbers out in the big sky for sure. And then somebody that's kind of off the radar that I'm going to that's on the watch list, Kalen uh, Kalen Newton, quarterback out of Howard, um, really really impressive. And again, a guy that's really no one really talks about. You, you talk about you know all the big name programs as you said, Kalen Newton kind of gets overlooked. But if you look at his stats and you watch his film. This is a really complete player. I, I'm very interested to see what he can do at Howard this year uh, and see what he can do for the Bison. Well, you just kind of want to see, right, how, how that offense will look without um, Brendan Marion in a go-go offense. Like, we don't even know what that offense will look like. So it's going to be interesting to see how they do this year offensively. And again, folks, if you want to check out the complete list, the uh, Walter Payton and Buck Buchanan Award watch lists, they are also out on FCS stats. So you can take a look at all the players that are on those watch lists, again, we have no idea. We've got 14 weeks of football to decide whether or not you know these players should be on this list, whether there's some others that will surprise us that will be added to the list. And it's going to be a wide-open competition. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch these student-athletes uh, compete for FCS's top prize. Now let's get into the our favorite section of the podcast, Emery, making people angry and frustrated. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Let's get into it. As we're going to predict now, folks, we have our 24 teams for the playoffs, the FCS playoffs, as well as our Celebration Bowl matchups. Uh, the Obviously, the champions from the MEAC and the SWAC in the Celebration Bowl. Let's start with that first, Emery. Who do you have in the Celebration Bowl for this season? Drum roll, I have Bethune-Cookman and Alabama A&M. Interesting. All right. How did you come to that conclusion? I think book no no one is talking about Bethune Cookman right now. I think they are probably the more well the most well balanced team in the MEAC. Um, Coach Terry Sims does a fantastic job in developing his guys and getting them ready to play. They have a really good quarterback in Arkevis Williams. Um, 
So I think right now, when you look at uh, Bethune Cookman, it's it to me they they have minimal questions in um, the MIAC. And as far as the SWAC, that was so tough because I think all corn is going to be excellent again. You can make a case for all corn. You can make a you can make a case for Southern. You can also make a case for Prairie View A and M. So all of those teams, I think, from the the East you'll get Alabama A and M. From the West you'll get Southern. And I think Alabama A and M takes it. Akil Glass is one of the best quarterbacks that no one is talking about in the FCS. He's gotten better every year. I think he's going to put together a showcase season this year that'll put him firmly on the NFL radar in 2021 as a senior QB. See, we, we actually, this is a rare occasion, folks. We actually half agree on something. I have Bethune-Cookman as well making the Celebration Bowl. I think they're the most complete team. I think A&T is certainly vulnerable uh, this year in the MEAC. I think Florida A&M, despite how good they looked early on, I think them kind of losing it down the stretch hurt them uh, in terms of their mental fortitude. Uh, Bethune-Cookman, I think, has got a really solid team, and I think they have everything as part of this, uh, as part of an offense and a defense that you want. But I have them against Southern. I think I think as good as the SWAC, as Alcorn is and how much more competitive it's going to be in the SWAC East, I think the biggest talents are going to come out of the SWAC West. And I think Southern, they took the, the crown from Grambling last year. I think you can make an, easily make an argument for them or Prairie View also winning the West. Um, but I have Southern making it in. But I think it will be a competitive dogfight and... If you've listened back, folks, to our other podcast, you may know where this is going in terms of our playoff picture. But for me, it's Southern versus Bethune-Cookman, which should be a great game in the Celebration Bowl. Let's get it into the top 20, into the 24 now, Emery, though. And let's start with let's start with conference winners. Let's start with the conference winners. So let's go through them. What are your conference winners for all the conferences that are eligible to get their champion into the into the playoffs? Who do you have? In the Big Sky, I have Eastern Washington, Big South, Kennesaw State, CAA, I have James Madison, um, the Missouri Valley, North Dakota State, the NEC, Duquesne, Ohio Valley, I have Jacksonville State, Patriot, Colgate, Pioneer, Davidson, Socon, Furman, Southland, Nichols. Interesting. Some interesting teams in there. Let me go through my list because we agree on a good portion of them. Um, I have Eastern Washington coming out of the Big Sky. I've got Monmouth, I think, will win the Big South this year. I think Kennesaw's got a lot of rebuilding to do, although they'll still be good. Uh, I've got JMU winning the CAA. North Dakota State out of the Valley. Duquesne in the NEC. I've got Southeast Missouri State winning the OVC. I think is going to have a good year. Uh, Colgate in the Patriot League. San Diego just edges out Davidson in the Pioneer, although I think that will get a lot closer than people think. Uh, Wofford in the SoCon and Nichols out of the Southland. Those are my automatic automatic bids. Okay, and and just for uh, variation, I have Dartmouth winning the Ivy League. Actually, I have I have them winning the the Ivy League as well. I think Princeton will be very good again, but they've lost a lot on offense. And we saw what Dartmouth's defense can do. So we agree on that one. We both have Dartmouth getting through. Now we get to the at-large bids. I'm sure there's already some people angrily typing on Twitter at Plan at David underscore Hessigan, and at Craig Haley. We'll might as well add him in, too, uh, for your complaints. <laughs> Who do you have as your at-large bids, conference by conference? Let's see where, where things go here. 
All right. In the Big Sky, I have UC Davis and Weber. Okay. Big South, I have Monmouth. In the CAA, I have Delaware and Towson. Um, MEAC, I have North Carolina A&T. Ooh, we got a MEAC team getting in. Having your cake and eating it, too. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Missouri Valley, I have Indiana State, Illinois State, and South Dakota State. I have an NEC wild card in Wagner. I think they're going to be really good this year. Wow. <laughs> OVC, I have only one extra team, and that's East Eastern Kentucky. SoCon, I have Wofford. And in the Southland, I have Sam Houston State and Northwestern State. Northwestern State. My goodness. <laughs> Things are getting very strange here, folks, on the uh, in the prediction show. No SEMO, really. No, I, I think when you look at the the depth of talent across the FCS, I think while SEMO will have a really good year, I don't think it'll usurp the years of these other teams and how well they'll do. So let's say, you know, they are, we've seen before, eight and three teams miss the playoffs. We just talked about Monmouth missing it last year mm-hmm. at, as an eight and three team. I think they are going to have a, a good season, but not good enough to where they usurp a lot of these teams that I have listed. We should also call this, by the way, this is the bulletin board material segment of the show uh, as we go forward here. And this is also the argument that, again, we've made it for two years running. This is why the FCS needs bowl games in addition to the playoffs. All right, let's go through mine here. and I, I'm, I can't wait to hear these reactions from you. Uh, so Big Sky, I'm going with Weber. And Idaho State. Wow. As I think Idaho State is that good. They're a team that no one's thinking about, no one's talking about, but they've put together, they're building nicely into a program that, again, you look at what happened to a couple of the uh, playoff programs last year, I'm seeing that in Idaho State. So I'm putting them in there. Um, I do have a second team out of the Big South, same as you. I have Kennesaw getting in, as well as Monmouth. Um, I think they, even though they've lost a ton of starters on both sides of the ball, triple option is always king. So <laughs> we got. Kennesaw moving in. Out of the CAA, um, CAA, I've got UMaine and Towson making it out of the CAA. That's all I've got along along with JMU. So you can criticize me about that one all you want. Uh, (laughs) Missouri Valley Conference, South Dakota State gets in along with Indiana State. I think it's going to be another one of these dogfights. You could easily put a half a dozen other teams in those two spots for the Missouri Valley. But I'm going... Jackrabbits and Sycamores there. Um, I've got two more at-large bids out of the OVC. I've got Jacksonville State and Eastern Kentucky. I got both of them getting in. I think the OVC is going to have a very strong year. Um, In terms of the SOCON, I've got East Tennessee State and Furman both getting in. Out of the Southland, I've got McNeese coming back nicely this year. I have them making it along with Incarnate Word. I think Incarnate Word makes it in. Um, And then to add to the uh, the last layer on the layer cake here, Prairie View. Wow. I've got Prairie View coming up just short in the SWAC West, but good enough to make the postseason. So we both have an HBCU team in there, but just from different conferences. That's interesting because if they're that good, that, that would mean they would only have to lose one game. And that would be to Southern. Right. So if you're looking at the schedule – of of let's say um prairie view let me pull up their schedule right right quick if they lose to southern which is the only team that they would have to lose to 
their schedule. So you're you're expecting them? Wow, you're expecting them to? I think be... I think two losses for them. Okay. I think they yeah. lose at Houston. Okay. But Texas Southern, I think that's a win. You think they beat Nichols? The way that Prairie View looked last year, I mean, I think it would be hard to say that that game is going to be a runaway for either team. I think that's going to be very close. That's going to be a fun game to watch, honestly. That will be a fun one. I think the game against Alcorn and Grambling back-to-back will be critical. Um, they have to win those two games. Otherwise, the dream is dead. Um, well, here, look, you've seen their schedule. Virginia Lynchburg and Edward Waters. That's an NEIA pro, or Division II program, I'm sorry, in Edward Waters and a non-classified program in Virginia Lynchburg. They would have to beat Houston and run the table and only lose to Southern for your dream to come true. Remember what happened last year. That's all I'm saying. Remember what happened last year early in the season with Prairie View, and you'll understand where my thinking's at. Now, for me, let's say the only uh, A&T only loses to Bethune. They, ha- they they would have to beat Elon and Duke, and we know that we that they are capable of beating an FBS team. Now, this year is a different look, but if they are able to knock off Elon, Charleston Southern, and run the tables in the run the table in the MEAC and only lose to Bethune, I think they have a strong enough case at a what, ten and one record? Yeah. To get in. See, and that's where I think Idaho State, I think, has good got a good chance. If you look at their schedule, I see them at this point with that minute with eight wins, possibly nine for me. You start with Western Colorado. You pretty much mark that down as a win. Then they're at Utah. Tough game. I think they lose that one. Northern Iowa, tough game out of conference. But, again, if they're, if they're put together the way I think they are, I think they win that game. Portland State, I think, is a win. Um, at Montana, tough ball game. I think they pull that one out. North Dakota, I think, is a win. Idaho, rivalry game, but I think they've got that one as well. The only other tough games I see... The last three games, if they can survive that with one or two wins out of Eastern Washington, BYU, and Weber, Idaho State's got a real good shot in what is a really strong Big Sky Conference. What was the one team that you were you were close to putting in, um, but you didn't want it you didn't want it to to be too hot of a take? The one, well, it's not too much of a hot take, but the one team I had just missing for me is Delaware. Okay, and, and a lot of people are very high on them, and probably rightfully so, but. Delaware just seemed, the last couple of years anyway, they seem to find a way to not get the job done. And I hate to say that to them, but when you got, I mean, you talk about their early schedule, you got Delaware State to start the year off, which should be a win. But then they're at Rhode Island. URI beat them last year. Then they're at North Dakota State. If they win that game, that's going to make a whole lot of shockwaves. But then they've got Penn and then Pittsburgh. So that first four game stretch is going to be real tough for Delaware to get through. I think if they they might go through that one, one and three, or two and two. You know, you know what team I was, I was almost tempted to put a second Patriot League team in, and it would have <laughs> came, yeah, it would have came down to Holy Cross and Georgetown. I, Georgetown is going to be really good this year. Uh, I think they'll have their first winning season since 1999. Um, but Holy Cross, despite their their tough schedule. I think will be a team that that's going to be on the cusp of the playoffs uh, this year. So we may see a team out of the Patriot league get two. We, we used to see two teams from the Patriot league go yeah. in, 
Um, but I, I think Holy Cross is going to be really good this year. Well, I, th- I give Holy Cross every chance against Navy in week one. Navy's definitely on the downturn the last couple seasons. But it's certainly going to be interesting to watch the Crusaders uh, and that offense, which we know what what it's capable of at the D2 level. It was really good last year. Now it's moving forward. Let's talk about the opening game, Emery. Obviously, the, most of the games will start at the end of August. September, uh, August 31st will be week one, August 30th, August 31st. A lot of Friday games as well. But there is one game to talk about here in week zero of the FCS. And that it's it's going to be an absolute beauty, folks. You're going to want to turn into this. If you have CBS Sports Network, watch this game this upcoming Saturday. Villanova at Colgate. We talked about the Colgate defense at length last season. Going to the final game, averaging less than five points a game. Number 13 ranked in the opening poll. Villanova not ranked. And a team that I know, Emery, you've always been kind of high on out of the CAA. What do you expect out of this first ball game? It's going to be a, a, a low-scoring game because I think Villanova's defense is going to be good this year. Offensive line play is going to be excellent for Villanova. Three of the five starters return. Um, Colgate's defense is going to be tenacious once again. The big matchup is going to be Nick Wheeler, their defensive lineman, matched up on a redshirt freshman at guard for Villanova. That's a battle that he's going to have to win. And if, if that's a problem for him to win – and Colgate is going to have a, a great day out there. I'll be at the game, actually, too. I'll, I'll be there watching that ball game, scouting that ball game, and then I'll drive down back down state to cover the Jets and Saints preseason game. So I can't wait to watch. I know it's going to be a defensive slugfest. I'm also excited to see who's going to get the start at QB for uh, Villanova. I'm guessing it's Kadir Ishmael, who is a tremendous talent, 6'7", mm. 225, out of Philadelphia. Excited to see how he can compete. Going in is probably the full-fledged starter uh, this year in, in his sophomore season. Well, I think it's going to be interesting because everybody's been talking about Colgate's defense side of the ball. The key for them this year is going to be their offense, and in, in particular, their quarterback, Grant Brenneman, who is a Walter Payton watch list uh, player to start this season off. He's going to be critical. And Colgate, we know their defense will be solid again. That's why they were ranked so highly uh, in the top 25. That's why they were able to knock off the premier program for the last 10 years in the CAA, James Madison, in the postseason. But it's going to be the offense, and whether or not they can click is going to be critical for Colgate. But you're right. I think this could be an easily a defensive slugfest. I could see this one, you know, maybe not getting past 20 points apiece. But again, folks, if you want good, strategic, hard-hitting football, there's a lot of it in the Northeast, and these two programs are certainly going to bring it. So we'll keep an eye on that. Again, that is a... Game on CBS Sports Network, 12 o'clock kickoff on Saturday at Colgate up in upstate New York. Going to be an interesting one to watch. Absolutely. I can't wait to get up there. I I, I went up there a few years ago, two years ago, three years ago, I'm sorry, uh, to talk with Coach Hunt, and he's a phenomenal coach. He has a lot of passion, and he has got his team better every year. And, you know, we talked about last year having that outstanding season. Uh, so I, I like Coach Hunt, I love Coach Ferrante down there at Villanova, who has done a great job his entire tenure there, going from assistant to now the head coach. So you got two great coaches kicking off in the FCS leadoff game uh, before we get Youngstown State and Sanford later on that evening. Certainly going to be a lot to watch. Folks, that's going to wrap it up here for the FCS Opening Drive podcast, the big preview show. We will be back like we were last year with the hour-long week-to-week podcast 
uh, starting next week as we preview the full week one, which we cannot wait to get started for. But we have a lot of exciting stuff coming up here at Football Game Plan. Uh, we've been mentioning uh, the book, The Go-Go Offense, which you can order on footballgameplan.com. The FCS Whip Around will be back for this season, but we've got a lot of new stuff coming up on TV, on local television here in the tri-state area. Emery, why don't you break it down for Follow us on Twitter at Fball Game Plan, but make sure you check out the Football Game Plan show on the Game Plus Network. Check your cable provider for channel listings. Um, it's a 30-minute show, Thursdays and Fridays, and we will also debut a third day, uh, probably Wednesday, uh, once the uh, September hits. So be on the lookout for that, but go to the Game Plus Network. Check your uh, cable provider for channel listings, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And that'll do it again, folks. Again, if you want to listen back, if you are a fan of a specific school or a specific conference, you can listen back. We've done a breakdown of all of the FCS conferences here on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search Football Game Plan in the podcast section. We did go in order in terms of alphabetical because we do not play favorites here. So you can listen to them, everyone from the big sky all the way through to the SWAC. And they've been going out over Twitter as well. But you can listen to them here on SoundCloud or iTunes for that matter. And again, footballgameplan.com where you will have everything from incoming freshmen for your FCS and FBS programs to a lot of programming that will be coming out on YouTube as well. Uh, you can follow that here. A lot of exciting stuff going on at Football Game Plan. Again, we want to thank Craig Haley uh, for coming on, maybe against his better judgment, <laughs> to the podcast today. Uh, hopefully, don't give him as much grief. That's all we ask. Don't give him the grief that you guys do on Twitter, especially if you're kind of making a dumb point because he will make you know it's a dumb point. Uh, so don't do that. But been fantastic as always. Emery, you're a busy man. I know you're going to be up in, at Colgate this weekend. Then you got the Jets and Saints. Anything else you want to uh, shout out to the folks out there? The Google Offense book releases on August 25th. Be sure, like Dave asked you earlier, to order your copy at footballgameplan.com slash Offense. And for that, folks, we want to thank you again for listening. We want to thank you for the support you've given us over the last couple of years and helping uh, this brand grow and help this show uh, continue forwards. And we look forward to bringing you the coverage across the FCS nationwide from now, this upcoming week, all the way through January in the national title game. Again, for Emory Hunt and Craig Haley, this is David Hasshagen. Thanks for listening in.